Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Cole Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose, Arachnid Sister Lamera, David Starr. Support Russell Talk. You are watching Russell Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk and please subscribe now. Support Russell Talk. Do it. Support Ollie. Support me. Support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk. Because we talk about wrestling, and I like it. Support Russell Talk. You don't subscribe. Support Russell Talk. Call on Luke Owen. Whatever Russell Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, vote the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper P. Quinnell and I'm joined by El Fakador, Laurie Blake, who <laughs> you won't be able to see this obviously because this is a podcast, but he's currently wearing orange sunglasses just, with a yellow tint. It's just for you, Pete. But it's why? Just, I don't know. I found them. I thought it might make me cooler. <laughs> you were wrong. Might make you laugh. Might make you mess up the intro. No. Why won't you mess up? I'm a, pro- I'm a professional. It almost did. It almost did. So it didn't. That's why we've done that. But I'm a professional. I would never be thrown off by something so trivial. Whenever we're filming our stupid skits that we do, I'm, I'm never the one that laughs first. Mm, Don't know what mm, you're talking mm. about. Yeah. Um, how's your Watsits. How's your week been since the last time we did the NXT podcast? It's been good. Yeah. yeah it's been uh, busy. busy. Yeah. Busy. It's been a busy time lately. Screen stalk alive. Yes. Lots of, lots of live streams. Mm. Um, That's what we do now. We just go live. Mm-hmm. And then turn it into a podcast afterwards, which you should subscribe to. Screen Soccer Podcast, go check that out. Um, We've actually got some emails this week to go through, so let's go through some of them now. Uh, This one comes in from Zach, who says, I don't think it's an unpopular statement to say that Kevin Dunn's production is quite terrible. Personally, I love the production style of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I feel that their camera placement lack of crash zooms and lack of constant cuts complements the action in the ring. The question here is that if WWE adopted a New Japan-style production style, would the quality of the matches be better? Obligatory apology for email length, even though it's one of the shortest emails we've ever got. A long-time fan from Quebec, Canada, Zach. Would the matches be Would better? the matches be better if they had New Japan's production style instead of Kevin Dunn? 
No, I don't think so. I think I don't think they'd be better Kevin because Dunn, I think New Japan is not really making a TV show. Mm. New Japan is making a sports show, mm-hmm. uh, and WWE is making a TV show that happens to feature a sporting yes, sporting part. endeavor. Yes, I think w- I like WWE's production. Generally speaking, I mean, sometimes it can be a bit crazy, but yeah. like all things where you film stuff, sometimes it is. And uh, like, I've, I'm still baffled about the fact that they do half the backstage stuff live and don't yeah. like pre-record it. It's like, that just make any film sense. that first. Yeah. Like, when you turn up, film it. I've never understood that bit of their production style. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think the actual cutting of matches is pretty good. Like it's pretty decent. Uh, they I always mean, seem to be in the right place at the right time. I think the the main difference between it though is that New Japan has a lot of action that if you did WWE style, you might miss. Whereas WWE style is generally quite slow. You've got a lot of rest holds. You've got a lot of stuff like that. And if you've got more static camera shots without crash zooms and things like that, then it's going to be kind of boring to watch because there's not actually that much interesting action and i think mm. when when they do the interesting action that's when the camera work kind of picks up and you have all the crash team stuff and i think it works actually pretty decently can they can definitely go overboard it, obviously that one where seth Rollins was doing chair, chair shots thing, yeah. and the camera was just squatting with a thing that's mental but i think generally for general matches it's pretty good honestly yeah, I've, I've always liked wwe's production yeah it's pretty decent but yeah so I, I don't think they could they should do new japan style but just don't do you know the chair shot stuff. Um, Don't go overboard. Yeah. Uh, we got another email from Luca who said, uh, Hi Pete, just wanted to say that I'm a big women's division fan and I want to say that I really hope that Shayna Baszler loses the NXT Women's Championship soon. I say this because I think her long dominant reign is really stopping all other upcoming superstars from gaining the championship and having main storylines before coming up to the main roster. I believe this may be the partial reason for so many NXT call-ups being such flops. Have a good podcast from Luca. I think the, pro- I think the, uh, the reason for the flops is that uh, they don't, need them yeah they don't want them they don't need them they've got space for two women matches of two women's matching on wwe tv of importance because Mm -hmm. that's about the amount that they feel is the right amount for a show they've got an alexa bliss who they like to put in everything because Mm -hmm. she pretty they've got charlotte and sasha and bailey and becky yep some combination of them having a match is quite a good match so Mm -hmm. they just do that over and over again yep so there's no need for an Asuka or a Kyrie Sane, really. Yeah. Um, I'd also say as well, I don't think Shayna Baszler is holding up any of those down because like Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, they all won the NXT Women's Championship mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, true. So I don't think it's Shayna's reign that's any, really got anything to do with those. I think Shayna's reign is stifling. I, I would agree that Shayna's reign is probably stifling the women's division in NXT slightly now. Yes. And... We'll get into it later in the show when we come to the uh, mm-hmm. the, the relevant sections because I, I did think this week's booking I was like this is balmy like the amount <laughs> of stuff that's going on with this one championship yeah I'd like a bit of a clearer cut picture mm-hmm. in the NXT women's division and I do think it's probably time for Shayna to go but maybe War Games is that time potentially yeah that interesting actually because I've got a slightly different opinion to you about the uh, the women's division but we'll come into that in the in the main show. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think Shayna's Shayna's reign, like you said, is possibly stifling the women's division now. But I don't think it's got anything to do with the call ups. Like you said, it's it's just the main roster not knowing well, call, what to do with them and not wanting them. The call ups is because uh, the reason people were called up from NXT is the same reason that they bring back the legends. It's the same reason mm-hmm. that they do half the stuff they do on WWE. The reason they booked the Fiend into a Hell in a Cell match is because they're just trying to pop people short sightedly. Yes. 
Uh, and they're not thinking about in four weeks' time. They're not thinking about in six months' time. They're thinking about this week, right now, we should do this because that is going to make people cheer. Mm-hmm. And they know for a fact that after WrestleMania, if you call up a few people from NXT who've just, you know, and chances are most people on NXT weekend watch TakeOver as well. Yeah. Like a higher percentage of WWE viewers probably watch TakeOver, WrestleMania, Raw and SmackDown that mm-hmm. week. They know that they've probably got a bit of a lead in for like, you might have seen this crazy match from TakeOver and then after WrestleMania on the Raw or the SmackDown, this person comes up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. That gets a big cheer from the crowd. Looks really impressive. But especially because especially the crowd generally buy like tickets for the whole weekend as exactly. well. So like they've seen yeah. all the matches and all the people. It's just to get the reaction. Yeah. And then there's no like plan going forward of like, well, maybe they should win a title or go into a feud with somebody. Yeah. It's just like, well, they're here now. Everything's just formulaic. Looking. It's like, at this part of the year, we should probably call out some other people. It's like, they don't think about whether they need them or like no. if it would benefit them or the company. They're just like, well, it's after WrestleMania. We should probably bring up some more people. It's like, oh, it's October. We have Hell in a Cell. So we'll do that. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. just a formula that they just go through. So yeah, I, I don't think it's anything to do with Shayna. And I think she's quite wonderful people as should, women's people champ. People should come up to the, like, people should go up. It's not even the main roster anymore. People should go up to Raw and SmackDown when they're ready. Yes. And when there's a story reason to do it. Yep. You know, and, and, for, that, and, don't. and for that hardcore set of fans that actually do watch everything. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. set, tell a story in NXT of being like, I'm out of here, I'm going to here, I'm going to there to like send mm-hmm. someone down from Raw and SmackDown to NXT, start a feud there and have it spill over into that would be cool. Raw and SmackDown. And then that's when that person from NXT becomes established yeah. on the on the other shows. That would be great, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um anyway, we should get into the main portion of this show uh, before we get into the outro. So uh, let's get into the main portion where we're going to be talking about is the demon Finn Balor returning to NXT? Here's the show. Demon Finn Balor returning to NXT, potentially. <laughs> this came in the form of a video package during this episode of NXT that was was a fine episode that built more to next week than it did anything else. Yeah, but even this bit with Finn Balor, they were like, um, they did have an earlier in the show where they were like, Finn Balor is on the show tonight to talk about why he came back at length. And it was like, okay, and then it was just a promo It's just a video package. Because it turns out Finn Balor, I think he's in Japan right now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's on holiday. Yeah. (laughs) So they did a video package with Finn, which was... Slightly different. So the the way they were building up this segment of Finn has a message and all that stuff, it was just like they had Finn Balor's music in the background. They had like the big X from NXT. They had Finn Balor doing his thing and him doing his moves and stuff like that. Very kind of Finn Balor-esque. And then it cuts to this video package and he's in a dark room surrounded by like smoke and it's all like creepy and stuff. It's like, ooh, this looks slightly different. Um, And he says... When your life comes to a crossroads, the only way to find a path to take is to revisit the ones you've walked before. How did you get here? Did your footsteps leave the world in a better place? Or did your missteps leave the world covered in darkness, egos, mistakes, eras? Ego. Ooh. Uh, retrace your steps to find your heart. I have. Next week, my future will be my past. Ooh. And it cuts to black. And then it has the dun, 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 dun that it always did from the Demon Finn Balor entrance music. Yeah, that. So it seems like 
Demon Finn Balor's coming back next week. Potentially. Maybe. I, I, I feel like this is more just, uh, yeah, they were trying to do the spooky mysticism thing. Mm-hmm. And it might just be a slight repackage of Finn Balor. Uh, I thought what he said was a load of rubbish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just, it was so good in riddles. Um, it was. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of the, like, realistically, they were trying to do a a sort of edgy, cool version of saying, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> like, which is really what, like, I think that was the long, the long and the short of it is that. Yes. Um, and yeah, they want to make it as exciting as possible. And I think they've obviously been hampered by the fact that they could get Finn back for that first show that went up against AEW. And then he's clearly been away, mm-hmm. continuing this leave that he's been on. Um, so... This is, next week is his, his, his return time. So they film something mm-hmm. as a sort of placeholder for while he's away. Yeah. So it has to be sort of... It doesn't really explain anything. It's just sort of spooky. Not really. He's just saying that I'm kind of, I'm the old Finn Balor, I think, more than like... Yeah. I'm not main roster Finn Balor anymore. I'm NXT Finn Balor. The one who um, won. Yeah, the one who actually won stuff and was good. Um, so I'm hoping at the very least we're going to see like a, di- a slightly different edge of Finn Balor or like something that's slightly different to what we've seen before yeah and I'm hoping I'm not going crazy with the heartbeat sounds in the background no, that was definitely because a, that's definitely the heartbeat that's they definitely the for demon the, stuff, for the demon yeah. stuff so I, I wonder if they will do I wouldn't I would if I was them I would save the demon so would like, I absolutely as long as possible as yeah. well I would be like because you can ride the wave of Finn Balor being back in NXT for absolutely ages yep and then be like and now the demon yeah so you you get a, a double wave because you get Finn Balor and you also have the Demon back in NXT. Yeah, exactly. So you have Finn Balor and NXT, and then just when that's starting to crest and we're not really feeling that hype from Finn Balor and NXT more, then you go, oh my god, the Demon's back again. You get the excitement peaking once exactly. again. So, so. In, in in the same way that they worked out on in you know on the main roster at the time, they worked out that you could just go, well, the Demon's going to be at this show, <laughs> and, and everyone goes, go, oh my oh god, god. <laughs> Baron called it. Like, <laughs> are you joking? But like, it is a draw. Yes, so I is. would suggest saving it, or if you were going to do it, pre-advertise that you're going to do it. Yes, because you are also in a ratings war, like it or not, with another mm-hmm. promotion. So maybe, maybe this is them yeah. announcing it beforehand. Yeah, but they, so this is the thing. To big, me, big quotation marks for podcast listeners. There, I think that's the thing. It's like yeah, g- keeping it a mystery at least gives scrubs like us the opportunity to be like maybe a booby the demon then you get yeah. your hopes up and then you tune into the show and then you get well, let obviously down obviously <laughs> we have to be tuned into the show anyway but no I wouldn't, I'm not let, I wouldn't let be let down if Finn Balor comes back and does a match like yeah. I'm happy with that I don't need any more teasing than that I'm like mm-hmm. yeah cool Where's give me Samoa Joe now and then, then I, we'll have yeah. Kevin Owens and then yep. Sami Zayn yep. we'll work through them all and then eventually we'll get Neville oh that'd be so one, good one of these days one of these days um, yeah I, I personally I know you're not a huge fan of the demon character as it is. I am. I bloody love the demon because my my peak NXT fandom was when the demon was on top. So for me, the demon has warm, rosy feelings surrounding it. So to see like teasers of the demon, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so on board. Give me more of this. Yes, please. I like the entrances. I just think maybe if you're going to do it, just wear the paint all the time. Don't pretend it's a different thing. I think NXT demon was fine completely fine because they just did it i think the commentary needs to tone it down a bit but i'd say that just having him having him have this kind of it's this thing that he does for big occasions to get him into the mood of being a better wrestler or whatever it is they can kind of justify it that way just say it's war paint it's fine yeah yeah yeah. if they say it's some kind of thing that he does that gets him hyped and Mm. gets him into the zone 
Everyone cool. else is just doing coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fine. You, you got a can of monster demon. Uh, Finn Balor's got a demon. You know, yeah, 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 interchangeable. Yeah. But I think if they say he is a demon, that's when the line gets crossed, and that's what they did on the main roster. We're like, he's the demon king. It's like, no, he's not. He's he's Finn Balor, mm. and they constantly refer to him as like, oh, great slingway by the demon. It's like, no, his name's still Finn. They mm. just replaced Finn Balor with this other guy called the Demon. And that was the line that they crossed. I think in, if they do it right in NXT, they can just be like, the Demon Finn Balor is this superhuman. He's Super Saiyan Finn Balor, but he's still Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. He's just got paint on. He's just and that makes serious. it better. He's and high. that's fine. That's totally fine. But I think hopefully that's what they're going to do. If they bring the Demon back, they've got to do it right. Yeah, I've, I think that NXT will pull it off. N- get, NXT I mean, they, they knew what they were doing with finn beforehand mm-hmm. that's what got him over in wwe yeah. so i think they'll be fine yeah i'm just hoping they don't do what they did on the main roster which is as soon as finn came up he had a, a you know rocket push to the top he won a fatal four-way beat roman reigns and then they blew the load of the fiend on the raw before SummerSlam mm-hmm. instead of just doing it at SummerSlam. so i'm really hoping that nxt doesn't actually have the demon next week and they just hold on to it and like maybe well, tease it a little if bit. You're and gonna put, if you're going to immediately there, then... put him into a feud, like the, the suggestion of the promo is that he's going to go immediately into a feud with the Undisputed Era mm. and probably also in that same breath Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, there's going to at least be some sort of number one contendership f- like feud, mm-hmm. you'd assume. So yeah. I would build up to the point where it's like, okay, blah, 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 blah. Finn has to face all of the Undisputed Era or they're all ganging up on him and that's when the demon comes out. Yeah. Because that's when he needs it, because mm-hmm. he's he's outnumbered. Yeah. So that's when you need to go to the next level and be like, okay, Finn, Demon Finn Balor can take on all these guys, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I'm hoping that they do, and they tease the Demon. If, if they're going to go the Demon route with this feud or mm-hmm. wherever it's going to go, tease it for a little bit longer. Don't just have Finn Balor's back, video package, Demon. Because that is way too fast. Mm-hmm. Do the whole Finn thing first. We're still excited to see Finn in NXT. Yeah, he's not even done a match yet. Do all that stuff. Ring that till it's dry. Then bring back the demon for like a takeover or some really big episode of NXT or whatever. Just make sure that it's worth it. If it's for like a title shot or it's for something important or a war games match, Mm. something important, not just he's not going to come out and face Kona Reeves and be the demon for it because that is where it falls down. Yeah, it It needs to be be for special occasions. Special occasions. Yeah. But then will they do something like they did with Bray? You know, like they did... They burnt down the funhouse. They 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 killed the magic. Will they do that with the demon? Will will Finn come out in the paint and Adam Cole gets a hose and, and just sprays, and just sprays him off. the paint off him? <laughs> I mean, it'd be something. At least that's not permanent, and he could get the paint back yeah. eventually. Uh, excuse me, I need to go backstage for three to four hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. If they're gonna the way the way it's looking to me. I am hoping at the very least Finn's going to come back because when he came back against Adam Cole a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever it was, um, when he came back, he was very kind of happy, smiley. Look, I'm back at NXT. I'm great. Finn Balor's NXT. Yay. I'm hoping that this time when he comes back next week, he's going to come back and he's going to be not as smiley. And he's going to come out. He's going to be serious. He's going to have a match. He'll dominate. Cool. He's like, hey, Adam Cole, I'm ready. This is the new Finn Balor. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Kind of. Well, thing. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? The big, ch- the big change will be the like I, I, the weird thing about Finn Balor will be the big change will be not smiling. 
Yes. Because it's a very Vince McMahon thing to be like, you got to smile you the whole smile, time. Kid. And they did that with Finn when he went up to the main roster. They did it with Ronda. Did like, it with Apollo Crews. Yeah, they've done it with so many people. And I think Finn would be better positioned to just be serious because, you know, there's plenty of jesters and jokers in NXT. Mm-hmm. You've got Matt Riddle for crying out loud, yeah. wandering around like nobody's Jesus, business. Yeah. So like, it, having a Finn Balor who was the longest reigning NXT champion come back in with his game face on, that actually seems like a credible threat to the Undisputed Era. Yeah, Smiling Finn Balor is just a bit like, oh, okay, well, you're not taking this very seriously, are you? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm just hoping that he's old NXT Finn Balor, or mm. better. Mm. I just don't want him to be main roster Finn Balor that happens to be on NXT. Kind of like Brizango. Oh, Their God. main roster, but happen to be I on NXT. I don't know why that's happened. I still don't know. I don't know. I have no I idea. so much. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Now we need to thank some very special people, and that is our $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon. If you've not become a pledge hammer on Patreon yet, why not? You get loads of different benefits and perks, and you can visit patreon.com slash wrestletalk if you become a patron at the $25 amount or more. You get your own personalized wrestling gimmick name, which we get to read out on a show like this. So, thank you to Harder Than It's Bite, Sean Barksdale. Woo, yeah. And you get your own cheap you to pop. make that bit. Yes. I am blind. Right. Ask his future husband and... What does that say? Hold on. I'm going to make this bigger for you, Laurie, just so you can read it. There we go. How's that, mate? Is that EOF? EOF. And EOF, one-man wrecking crew, skin tray. Super weird name, but woo nonetheless. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Jimjewski. I'm going to go with that. Jimjewski. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Z in that, mate. There is a Z in Brett that. Brett the Hitman Matthew Williams. Woo, yeah. Killer Chris Phillips. Woo, yeah. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Crisis, that is indeed infinite. Dot, dot, dot. Dive. Dylan Cachetta. Woo, yeah. They drew first blood, not me. Grace Rambo. Oh, yeah. It's a great line. Great line. And finally, you sold out. Not finally, because I've just seen there's one more. <laughs> Not finally, but... Semi-finally. Se- penultimately, you sold out. Jay Sellers. Woo! And Jonathan, the headmaster, headman. That's actually finally that one. Woo, yeah. Let's get into some of your suit suit super chats. Uh, we've got one here from Lil Dominator. Thank you very much, by the way, to moderator Alex for gathering these us gathering these super chats for us. Thank you. Um, we got one from Lil Dominator who said, "Strong Leon Dijakovic, be still my heart." Oh yeah, I'm very excited for that match. Yeah, that was that was the the good to come out of what I thought was like, oh, I'm booking this yeah. week. Yeah. Like, um, oh, okay, but next week. Yeah. Next week. Uh, Matt Field said, I turned 24 yesterday. Nothing better than watching a war to celebrate. AEW was better. And then he goes on to say an AEW spoiler, which we won't read out. But, uh, I mean, it's a minor spoiler, but we won't read it out anyway because Luke and uh, Ollie are going to be going that through later. Um, haven't seen AEW yet, but from what I've heard, it was very, very good. Um, and considering this episode of NXT was fine, mm-hmm. fine to good, um, I'd say probably AEW is probably better. But yeah, I haven't probably. seen it yet, so I can't can't say for sure. Uh, Finn Brennan said, who swears the most in the office? Why is it Luke? Why is it Luke? <laughs> Luke does swear a lot. I mean, in fairness, Luke swears when he gets frustrated, which yeah. is all the time when he's playing games. Yeah. I don't know who just swears the most normally. I'm quite bad, honestly, mm. when we're not on the stream. I'm quite bad. I'm an angel, so I don't. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, and We'll do the last one for now. Uh, before we come in next, uh, Dat Natural Herb said, "Happy birthday, Laurie!" Thank you. It's not your. Thank you. It's not. It's not your birthday, though, mate. This is how you are gracious, Chopper, in <laughs> receiving <laughs> love from outside. You've got, uh, to let, you've got to let people into that heart, mate. Happy birthday. <laughs> Still not my birthday. Um, also, th- th- thanks to moderator Alex for the uh, the document that he's got. He's put a little note at the top, all in different letters, all in different colours, sorry, that says, Happy Birthday, Chopper Pete, in Comic Sans. There you go. <laughs> in multicoloured variants. Let the so love thanks in, thanks for that. Let the love in. Still not my birthday. 
So, uh, the show opened up with a video recap of everything that happened from last week. Really liking the fact that they do those. Good stuff, uh, yeah. Yeah, just keeps you, keeps you in the loop. Uh, at, at, you know, because we, we get up quite early to watch this first thing in the morning. I got up at like six to watch it. Mm. You're a little bit groggy when you first get up and then you just go, right, NXT, we are not your kind. Like, okay, Jesus, fuck. Mm. Okay, and then you have the little video package and I'm like, right, yeah, that's what happened last week. Yeah. Just just to kind of get your brain working well, like, right, okay, this works. Now we're in it. But also it skips over a lot of the need for last week, last week, last week recaps that WWE programming is known for. So you can just, if you just do one big one at the start, you kind of get the gist of where the land lies mm-hmm. and you can work from there and you can waste less time overall in the show having to recap each individual thing by just recapping it all at the beginning. Yeah. And that's perfect. And it only lasts like a minute. Everything's done. Move on. Um, opening up the show was uh, Tommaso Ciampa in a, a match that was announced last week. Ciampa versus Angel Garza. Uh, crowd was super hot like the whole night. I'm, I'm, Sure, for like all of this, they were really, really loud. Super loud for Champa. So into him. Uh, it's his first match in seven months when he should have been gone for over a year. Oh yeah, because he went to the John Cena school of really, really oh, quick recovery surgery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he looks in even better shape than when he left last time. It's just a thing that Champa does. Yeah, he just he just gets swollen. Yeah, he? That's gets like, swollen the whole time. He's get, has really good reaction to meds. <laughs> I, don't know, I, just, I, I thought this was great. I like. I really like this mm-hmm. match. I thought it was a a good showcase of why you should be like aware of Champa. Yes, I think also it was like it gave enough to Gaza. I think that he didn't seem like a complete chump. Yep. Um, I really. And I don't know. I don't know if everyone will like this bit, but I really like the bit with the trousers. Yeah, I thought. It was, yeah, I, I thought, thought it was funny. Yeah. I thought that was just funny. Champer, like I think a lot of Champer's actions and his form of sports entertainment, as he'll always call it, like it's meant to be quite silly, and he's not taking it very seriously because mm-hmm. he's kind of like, well, I'm the best, so yeah, you know, that's why I'll sit on the apron and give myself the clap and the pat on the back yeah. because. I know that when I like I when I respond to the things I've done, I know it was really good. Yes. Yeah. So here it was like, yeah, he does that. He does this. Uh, he basically gets Garza in the corner, stomps him down to the to the floor, and then does this huge running knee that oh, knocks him out of so the ring. Good. He then goes and gets the trousers that Garza's the, done. His, the rip off like, trousers. He's done his that strip Garza with, yeah. and then. Uh, Puts them on the turnbuckle, stomps them, and then gives them a running knee. Takes them, <laughs> yeah. in, takes them into the center of the ring, and mimes doing the fairy tale ending yeah. on the uh, the trunks. And at that point, Gaz is getting back in the ring. So then he just lobs them in his face, yeah. and that's how he gets the draping DDT, which is called the Willows Widow Willows Bell Willow's or, or Bell. Widow's Bell. Widow's Bell, tell. Willows Bell, something like that. One of the two. Um, but yeah, here's the hanging DDT for the win, which was great. Uh, the crowd, again, were chanting, like, Champa's going to kill you, welcome back. Like, all of these uh, amazing Daddy's chants for back. him. Uh, it's one of the... One of the, a lot of matches on this show that that are just the... It's nice to see this person match. Yes, yeah. Which is, it's nice to see Champa. Um, yeah, he, he won pretty convincingly. It was a solid match. Cool to see Champa back. Uh, he's celebrating on the... Uh, on the turnbuckle and all that and starting to go and then you just hear shock the system mm-hmm. and Undisputed Era come out onto the stage um, and they look slightly different because Roddy's got a tear in his shirt and he's wearing these like broken sunglasses and then they come out and they I always find they always 
add slightly new things to their character all mm-hmm. the time. They're, they're never the same as when they came out the last time, which always looked cool. Kyle O'Reilly then goes over to the commentary table, chucks a USB drive to Mauro Ranallo, and says, you want to take a look at that? And then they walk off as Champa's just sitting in the Don't ring do it, with a crutch. It's got so. loads of malware in it. <laughs> it's just a virus. Yeah, just shuts down is, the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought this was different. Instead of just being like, <clears throat> look at what happened. It made sense because as it turns out, which we find out um, after an ad break, I yep. think, uh, Undisputed Era filmed themselves beating up Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. And you see Velveteen Dream is laid out. Yep. Uh, Roddy's got the tear in his shirt from like the fight that they had. Um, and they said, oh, they were sick of being overlooked. Uh, they show Velveteen Dream being laid out. And he says that Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, if you come at me, that's what's going to happen if you get in our way. That's yep. what Adam Cole said to the camera. I thought this presentation was a bit weird. It, it is weird. Because it also, it, like, they set up the idea they were going to rush the ring and take on Champa mm-hmm. by surrounding it. Yeah. And then, you know, he's got the crutch and the chair. And everyone was really hot for that. And then they do something that's quite difficult for, I think, for the audience to see. Mm-hmm. Like, really get the to get the gist of what's happened with the USB drive, which yeah. obviously we saw. And then they leave. And everyone sort of, everyone was sort of like, what? Why yeah. did you just come out here Why for this? did you just come out to not do anything to yeah. walk off again? Yeah. And then you, when you could have just had them come out and say, play the tape. Yeah. Which they do all the time. Like, yeah. they've done before. Everyone has done on NXT, like, play this tape, given this to the production team, play it. Yeah. They play it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Or it could, like... Or at least it should have been a mystery, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It should have at least gone a little bit further into the match, with, uh, sorry, into the show, mm-hmm. and gone, what's on this USB drive? But it was like, literally, here's the USB drive after the break. Here's what was on the here's USB what was on drive. It. Yeah. So it kind of felt a bit like time-wasting. Yeah, a little bit. It, it, I think it tried to justify mm. how the footage got there, which is good because it, you want things to make sense. Yeah. I just think they kind of overdid it in that sense. It's like, yeah, yeah. it needs to be hyper-realistic. So we need to have, like, they'll film it, they'll put it on a USB drive, then they have to go and hand it to someone so we can play the clip. And yeah. It's like, you could have just played the clip. And right? I think in my, yeah, and I think in my head, I wouldn't have been so bothered by it had a lot of this show felt like the promise of something really cool happening and yeah. then something else happening. So there was, like, there's this, and there's EO and Rhea, and there's mm-hmm. Baszler and Knox and Dakota Kai, mm-hmm. and there's so many of these sort of, like, face-to-face moments done in Killian Dane. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all these things that, like, tease opportunity in one show that don't go anywhere. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then and then because some of the finishes of the matches also didn't go anywhere, I'm looking at this like, well, I'd rather they just had, like, they got beat up. Exactly. I'd much rather they got beat up. It, or it, Champa did something. Or they just play Like, if you're just going to play the clip, play the clip. Don't promise me things you're not going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think... I had my point until the very last word of your sentence. Um, yeah, I, I think that with, like you said, a lot of the matches not really going anywhere, this was very much a building show, but I don't think you can have 100% of the show be building to next week. No. You also need to have stuff that happens this week. Yeah. You need to have, granted, we had some matches, they were good to, I don't, there wasn't a bad match on the show. No. They were all good to, you know, great, I'd say. But, Nothing really felt like it progressed. It was always like, and this is setting up next week. Yeah. Watching for next week and two weeks' time well, because we've got and these and things and happening. It's like, well, you've got to also pay off stuff now yeah. because the Lee Dijakovic match was being built up for this week for ages 
And that is also a bill to next week. It's like, well, no, pay that off now. Yeah. And then have more payoffs down the line. You've got to have a balancing act between the two. I think it's also important, though, that the payoffs should be in relation to the titles. Yes. Like, it's all well and good ending your show with a feud between Dunn and uh, Priest. Mm -hmm. And that was a really good match. And I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was amazing and a really good end. But it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of NXT because it doesn't actually forward the story of, like, well, who's going to go for Adam Cole next? Mm -hmm. Who's going to go for, like, when are we going to see what happens with Roddy? What about tag team belts? What about this? What about, like, there's all these questions that we've got, and we've seen like we see all the champions, but nothing is set up. Yeah, and it's kind of confusing. I'm hoping now, at least, uh, I I kind of was hoping that this happened after the Dunn Priest match, but I get why they didn't do it. I was hoping that Priest would then kind of try to align himself, be like, "Hey, I'm I'm coming for the North American Championship," or like. You know, th this is my next step towards the NXT championship. Or, like, if he could, even if he just said after that, just grabbed the mic and just said, I'm on my way to this destination. Yeah. That then feels relevant in the grand scheme of NXT, yeah. which he didn't really do. Um, we got way off topic from that, yeah, that one yeah, segment. Yeah, yeah. However, let's get on with the, the next bit. Adam Cole did um, a champ wave. Yeah, he did, which is really, really end nice work from Cole. Yeah, end of segment. Uh, Finn, Balor, uh, Finn Balor has a message later tonight, which we've already talked about. Um, Keith Lee is getting ready for his match later on. Listening, listening to, to the some music, podcast. Just definitely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Listening to us talking about him. Yeah. Keith so, Lee's great. He's my favorite. He's awesome. We love you, Keith Lee. Keep listening to the Rest Keep Talk podcast. Keep listening to the Rest Talk podcast. Next time you're in a backstage NXT segment with some headphones in, we'll know. Yeah, play it, and play it louder so that play we it louder can hear so it on so, NXT. Yeah, so it's on the camera so we know that you're listening to us. Um, then we get a tag team match of Only Lorcan and Danny Burch versus uh, Eichner and Bartel from Imperium. With Wolf at ringside. Not Wait, yep, with Wolf at ringside and Walter wasn't there. No. I wish Walter came to the ring with Imperium sometimes. Yeah. I just feel like they need to feel like more of a cohesive unit because it's Walter and these other three guys. Yeah, and they even have an entrance that doesn't include his name. I know, which so is so weird. Yeah, but th I, this is because Walter isn't going to be there on the reg. I know. So but still. you've got to put over the other three guys as an important part of the faction and then Walter turns up for special occasions, mm -hmm. which is fine. Like, it's cool to be the big boss. Like, you know, it's yeah. good to be like the uh, Streets of Rage guy that, mm -hmm. that's sitting there at the top and you never see until the end of the game. I think that's quite fun. Um, and I think this was actually a much better showing for Imperium than the previous NXT match that they had, which mm -hmm. was a very like slow, one-sided, methodical takedown. Whereas this was much more like, even for both teams, and they just did crazy spots and really fun action. And that made me much more like, well, you know, I think I said it before at the match, I was like, but you've got Eichner who can do like a springboard moonsault thing. And he didn't do it in the last match. And he yeah. does it here. And you're like, yes, that's <laughs> exactly why you should do it. Yeah. Because it makes the Imperium guys look like a credible threat. And also puts over the fact that like, why Walter would align himself with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think that's that's quite important to make to establish them as a dominant force who don't cheat as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing. The big They're thing respectful. is like, the big thing is that you know Wolf was there and he didn't get involved at all. So it's important to be like you know these guys are very talented, and I think here it was shown because they took down two of the most popular people in NXT. I think like mm -hmm. 
Yeah. People yeah. absolutely love Danny Burch and only Lorcan. The, cr- again, crowd was so hot for their entrance, chanting one, two throughout the match and just chanting their theme song along with them during their entrance. It was great. Um, and I literally have a note that said, this match is so fast, I can't keep up with the spots. Yeah. It was insanely quick. Um, My favorite bit, there was a good bit where uh, Danny Burch headbutts uh, one of them out of the air. Yeah. Bartel, I think. Fun. So Bartel yeah. goes for like a double axe handle and gets mm-hmm. headbutted out just, of the air. Oosh. Eichner and uh, Law can have a chop off. Oh, we got a chop off, people. There's yeah. a chop off, and uh, yeah, so they just absolutely slap the s out of each other. Yeah, they did. Um, and Eichner, I think, came away with a bed of chops. Mm. Uh, there was the, the so, the, and in the end was like a big blind tag spot yes. where uh, Lorcan ended up beating up the wrong guy, which gave Imperium the chance to get in the ring. They hit the Spinebuster PK, mm-hmm. and then they hit the European Bomb yeah. for the win. Yeah. Which was really super it. fun. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, Imperium won clean, which was also, mm-hmm. I think, a great choice. Uh, really puts them over. And this did exactly what this match should have done. It put both teams over, but made Imperium look slightly better. Yeah. Which is exactly what you need to and do. I would just, but I would just like to know now what they're doing next. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, this this is the thing. It's, like, it's great, great to see them. Mm-hmm. Lovely to see them. Thank you for coming. What are you doing now? Yeah. What's next? Because, so, like, you know, we, we know that Champ is going for the NXT title mm-hmm. at some point. But, like, when? Yeah. Or what, what are the steps to get there? Mm-hmm. What are Imperium doing now that, that Walter beat Kushida and now they're here having this match? Where are they aiming for? Are they going for the tag titles? Because yeah. that would be great. Yeah. Uh, but, like, can we have some build to that? Yeah. This that is, is. I think this is the problem. When you, put, when you put all the belts on the Undisputed Era, which I want, I've always wanted them to do, I don't think they should have done it when they started USA. Mm-hmm. But it means that like we can't be like, oh, and now the Undisputed Era come out. And now the Undisputed Era come out. Yeah. And now the, uh, lo and behold. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise it gets, so you have they have to concentrate on like one set of belts a week to like limit the amount of Undisputed Era taking over the show there is. So it's like this week it was Roddy. Next week it might be Kyle and Bobby. Yeah. The week after that it might be Adam Cole. I wouldn't mind... If they had the entire show revolving around Undisputed Era. Because if they really built up, they have all the gold, bar the women's and the cruiserweight now. Mm-hmm. They have all the gold. They're gonna be here a lot. Because that's what they, that's the perk they've got from winning all the belts. But they should start hosting the show. They like, should start they doing should everything on the show. They should demand that they host the show because they're like, well, we're the most important thing. Exactly. So if they had all these segments with Undisputed Era in them, I don't think that would be a bad thing because everyone bloody loves the Undisputed Era. No. And they'd be on all over the show and you can keep all the titles relevant at the same time. I just think it's, yeah, it's a case of like, but you can't do that every week. You can't do it every week. Which is fine, but so you need to give give the show some direction some way. So maybe something else, like the next challenger for Imperium or they call out somebody. It just, Mm -hmm. they just need, everything feels a bit adrift. Yeah, need a bit of guidance to be mm-hmm. like, well, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, we next get a video package for Johnny Gargano, and they put him over as NXT for life. For life. Which would be cool if that's actually literal. Uh, and then after that video package, he's putting over his, his journey in NXT and all the things he's done. I'm Johnny Wrestling, etc. Um, and then he's backstage with Kathy Kelly, and who asks him, what do you feel about Champa being back? And he said, mm. I don't know, honestly. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, he says, I don't know how I'm going to feel about Champa until I see him, dramatic pause, face to face. 
Dun dun dun! Couldn't we have done that? Like, yeah. stop promising things. Yeah, that don't happen. Exactly. Wouldn't it have been cool if Undisputed Era came out, and then Champa was like, "Uh oh." And then Gargano came out, stood in the ring next to Champa, undisputed era, clear out. That's what causes them to clear out after they've shown their, you know, beat up promo Velveteen mm-hmm. Dream. That's what causes them to clear out. And then Gargano and Champa have a bit of a stare off in the ring, and then Gargano's just like, hmm. He's not like buddy buds with him, and then he just yeah, kind of yeah, walks but he doesn't off. Want, obviously doesn't want undisputed era walking all over the roster. Exactly. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I just think that would have been cool. I think to yeah. have that face to face, you know, interaction with Champa and Gargano, and. It furthers Champa in the Undisputed Era feud. It furthers Gargano and Champa as a team. It furthers Gargano versus Champa, if that's the thing they want to do. Mm-hmm. It furthers Gargano in the main event scene. It just keeps him relevant. Well, I depends. think that would have been better. It absolutely depends on what they're going to do with it, though. Like, if they're going to do a big Gargano saves Champa mm-hmm. down the line. Yeah, yeah from something true. DIY, soft reform. Mm-hmm. Soft, yeah. soft relaunch of DIY. Like, yeah. Whatever it's going to be. But, like, maybe... If you're not going to do that, it would be better to just do a get the meeting out of the way as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So, like, cause I, I feel like there's a lot on in NXT at the moment, especially. There's a so, lot on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic is backstage getting warmed up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, and then we get Io Shirai versus Caden Carter in a Isn't It Nice to See Io Shirai match. Mm-hmm. Um, I much prefer. Uh, okay, I'm going to be. Because the match wasn't. Super long. Caden Carter had some really cool offense, actually, in this. I thought she got a really nice spotlight in the match, but Io Shirai won pretty handily. Yeah. It was fine. It's pretty much the same as the Champa match earlier. Um, Io Shirai won as she should have. Um, I'll say, if I'm going to be nitpicky, uh, I think I much prefer Io Shirai when she's doing her silent, crazy gimmick rather than on her entrance when she takes down her hood and she kind of just looks around and the light's going crazy. I really like that look. When she's walking down and she's going, and doing all the crazy stuff, I'm like, nah, I'm not as into it. Mm. I feel like that kind of over-the-top, whoa, we don't know what she's going to do crazy thing is way overdone in loads of different characters in the history of wrestling. So I'd much rather, if she just plays it cool and she's like deadly silent... As, as the lights are going nuts around her, I think that's a really, really much more effective look for her yeah. than the, whoa, I'm crazy look. Oh, I can see that. As she's like a silent assassin mm-hmm. rather than like what, bald crazy. The back of the head. Yeah. That's just a nitpick. She's still awesome regardless. Um, anyway, Shirai's awesome. Um, I like this match. I, thought it was, I really it, like this it match was a little, as well. It was a little sloppy in places. I yeah. think Carter's a little, like, she's very small. Mm. So I think like sometimes things don't hit very hard with her. So yeah. like there was a little, just a few little slow moments there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, her ability to fling herself around the rings, amazing. Oh, it's great. Yeah, all She's... of her sort of like luchador, mm-hmm. luchadora stuff is awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, but Shirai manages to catch her with a huge German suplex, high angle. It was great. Yeah, so that was after... Um, so she did... Uh, like Carter hits a roll-through. Like, she springboards into a roll-through. Yeah. Rolls through again. Yeah. And turns around and kicks Shirai and in the kicks face. kicks yeah. And then goes for it again, and then Shirai catches it, and then does this really slow... Like, delayed... Deadlifty <laughs> Everest German suplex. Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah. And then after that, she hits her uh, moonsault for the win. Uh, she then does a post-match promo, and she says, Not Rhea, not Bianca... Shayna, it's me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Shirai, bit having a dominant win, inserting herself back into the women's title picture. With but then loads of other people. With loads of other people. But then Rhea Ripley comes out. Mm-hmm. 
obviously Rhea has inserted herself into the women's title picture, saying she's coming after Shayna as well. Um, I then put, oh God, Shirai versus Ripley. Yes, please. Mm. Um, she steals the mic from Io, just snatches it out of her hand. Uh, and then she says that uh, she dares Io to spit her name from her mouth again. She has no problem shutting her up because she's going to be shutting up Bianca Belair next, next week. week. So again, it's like, watch next week because we've got this other match coming on. And then Shirai is going, wah, and speaking Japanese and shouting at her. And then she walks off. Yeah. And, and people were really hot for the idea that they might brawl. Yeah. And it was like... Nah, you should have had them brawl. Like, yeah, you should, you should have, have. You should have. Like people are going fight, 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 and it's like, well, this is, this is something that's going to delay. So does this mean Io Shirai is going to get involved in the Bianca Belair match, thus making that again more convoluted than mm-hmm. it needs to be? Yeah, uh, I don't think Rhea's promo here was hit quite as well as like it. It was like she wasn't as confident as normal. I'd say. Well, I, don't, I think it's because it's sort of spit my name out of your mouth and I'll shut you up. Yeah. All just sounded a bit too, like, playground for me. It was like, yeah. it was like kids writing a hard person. Mm. Uh, like, like tough guy talk. And it yeah, I, I yeah, was yeah. just a bit like, no, you could have just said, don't ever say my name. Yeah. Like, I think keep my name out of your mouth is just a better... Yeah, it's like, much better than better saying, put, don't spit... Don't d- spit my name I out. dare you to spit I, my name out of your mouth yeah I don't know I just think it's sort of yeah it was alright but people people were really into the idea of the two facing off and I was also into it and I was like I just wish one of them had swung for the other one yes I get that and we got Um, something out of it again yeah and this is where I think you and I might disagree slightly because I really bloody love the women's division in NXT right now I love the fact that you've got so many different people trying to vie for that top championship that's being kind of held hostage by Shayna Baszler and her cronies. I really like the fact that Shayna's been built up and she's kind of beaten a lot of them already anyways. But it feels like the women's division has so many top stars when you've got like Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae and now you've got Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai and you've got uh, Bianca Belair and Mia Yim and all these people feel like really solid, really good wrestlers. That is a fleshed out women's division mm-hmm. all trying to vie for the top title at the same time and they're all trying to compete to be the best which is good. It's not about friendships and stupid crap that the main roster do. It is about they want the title. You want the title? Cool. You're going to have to go through me first. It's like we all want to try and beat Shayna because yep. she's got the one with the title, but we need to figure out who among us needs to beat Shayna. I just kind of wish... I really it, like it. I just wish it was a bit... Yeah, I just wish it was a bit more uh, like something was happening. My my only issue with it is it's not that it's like I'm not I like the idea of a stacked field of competition. I just wish that the the end goal was that is there a number one contenders match that we're gonna have? Mm. Who's going for the belt next? Like I just need some of that direction in my life. Because at the moment, like, it just feels a bit disjointed that Rhea Ripley had a face off with Baszler. Then she just came out and had a couple of squash matches. Mm-hmm. Now she's coming out to interrupt somebody else for talking about her, talking about Baszler. Mm-hmm. Then we get the promo from Bianca Belair later being like, these other girls? No, oh, it's me. It should be me. And that's fine as well. But not everyone can just be like, it should have been me. Yeah. Like, somebody has to be the person. And then you've got Baszler coming out and confronting Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. So it's not even like she's not even connected to 
the conversation everyone else is having. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing that the Baszler thing later is to set up those two versus uh, Shafir and Duke, most Possibly. likely. Yep. But, yeah, like, I, I would just like it to feel like somebody was at least doing something that was going to lead to a title match. Yeah. Because be is Belair versus Ripley a number one contenders match? It's not been announced for it, no. no. Um, I think it might but, be made into it, but it just it seems like it's funny that this is a very long-term ongoing thing that's happening in the women's division. And in the men's division, Regal's really like, yeah, and so, well, that can't happen, so we're just doing this instead now, and now this instead, and now this instead. And like Matches are made so much more quickly. Mm, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind the slow burn of this one because there's so many different people involved. I find I think it's okay for each of them to, you know, have their say first before they decide what they're actually going to do. So you can have Rhea Ripley being like, I want to come for it. Then you can yeah. have like Bel Air going, I want to come for it. And it doesn't all have to be in, you know, in one segment in a night because that would feel really bloody crowded. No. So I like each of them to say, you know, I, I'm a contender in the women's division. I want to come for the title. Or if you want to go for the title, come through me first. Blah, blah, blah. You have all these different interactions. And it feels like a fleshed out division where there's loads of intersecting allegiances and rivalries. And I really like that. Lots of plates spinning at once. And I really like the state of the women's division right now. As you said, I really hope that leads to something soon because I feel like everyone has kind of positioned themselves where they need to be now for mm-hmm. it. So now I'm hoping that they can just kind of go, right, we've got everyone here. Whoever wins out of Rhea and Bianca faces like enters themselves in a triple threat or something whoever wins that is no more yeah. contender that's well, fine the reason I think you set up all these plates spinning as well is because then you can sneak somebody through who's an unexpected dark horse mm. like a Tegan Knox. like a Tegan Knox. Um, yeah that's kind of what I think mm-hmm. it might be uh, another potential you have all these like larger than life characters being like well this 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 and you're just like here's somebody else who sneaks through the sort of the yeah, pack yeah yeah they could also be building to a female war games as well. Yeah, there's definitely probably... Because building so many stars at once could yeah. be you know, a bit big kind of schmoz in that sense. So that would also be really, really cool. Um, then we get a video recap of Cameron Grimes' win and Killian Dane's beatdown of Boa. Uh, and then Boa's backstage doing a quick promo in Chinese. No idea what he said, but it was something. Um win. Yeah. Um, and then we get the announcement uh, that William Regal says that because of the beatdown from the Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream will not be able to compete next week in his North American title match against Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. And he says, but don't worry, because Strong will still have to defend the North American title, and it's going to be from the winner of Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic, and that match is next. I was like, yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Rad. At least there's Lee Dijakovic, which is rad, by the way. Mm-hmm. At least that has a point now. And that it's not it's not just about them, you know, bettering each other. Now, if they win, not only do they get to beat one of their top rivals, they go on to the North American title. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Really like it. Really like that choice. Then we get the match. Yep. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. First note, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm not going to say I was let down because this match was... Good. It was a different pace. It was a very different to pace the ones than they've set before. Yeah, yeah, and they were doing so. They were doing something different. Um, and the problem is there was no payoff. So, yes. yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of the 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 hit. What I found the issue with this was is mm-hmm. like I really liked all the Keith Lee working over Dijak's left arm. He mm-hmm. being so strong, he powers through half of it anyway. He's still attacking with it, and it's hurting him. But he's so willing to sort of put himself on the line for that stuff. Lee was kind of the real dominant force in this match. 
they still did all the crazy spots. Lee did like a triple deadlift suplex thing that was just insane. It was ridiculous. They did a reverse Rana. They yep. did uh, like Lee did a couple of splashes off the top rope mm-hmm. as well that were just nuts. Yep. Um, it was just it was really fun. It was just it was slower pace than the last one and. At the point at which it was about to devolve into the uh, madcap spot fest that most of their other matches have sort of ended as, that's when Roddy comes out and interferes. So Rod, like, Dijak has put Keith Lee on the top rope and he's getting up there to set up a Frankensteiner spot. He goes for the Frankensteiner. Lee catches him and hoists him back up. And so then he's like, he sits back up and he's trying to beat down Lee. And then he drops back down. And as he drops back down, Roddy slid into the ring Hops up and donks them with the North American title, getting a double DQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just getting a match thrown out, I guess, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's the end, just as it was about to be like, oh, this is about to be crazy good. And I get the point of like, again, delayed gratification's great, mm-hmm. but a lot of this show was delayed gratification. So yeah. give me some goddamn gratification. <laughs> yeah, give me some actual gratification. Yeah, I spent an hour already watching this. Give, yeah. me, something to, give me something to go on. Because then they announced, so then... Roddy's out of the ring, rolling around on the floor in front of everyone, being like, hey, hey, I'm, I'm so smart. I'm amazing. I'm so clever. Yeah. And Regal's already up on the balcony like, yeah, not so fast, sunshine. Because next week you'll actually have to face both Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic in a North American title match. That's great. That's cool. Really excited for that match. Roddy's going to die. Yeah. I wonder how that match is going to go. I'm very, very curious. One, as to obviously who's going to win, mm-hmm. but also how the match is going to play out. Whether it's going to be like, Lee and Dijakovic have all these stare-offs and Roddy comes in and he's like, hey guys, I'm And they're like, no, screw you. And they beat him up and he rolls the outside and then they have a Lee Dijakovic match and then he comes back in and he's like, guys, it's my match, I'm the North American. They're like, no. And then they like yeah. team up and beat him down. Like, so I'm go a- away. Yeah, I imagine there's going to be a bit of like, the, the peaks and troughs I would go for would be like a... Uh, yeah, one one section in which they're knocking Roddy out and doing their match. Other section in which they're using Roddy as like a show-off thing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing power moves on Roddy yes, to be show so off. Yes, good. But then they're like doing a sort of like anything you... They're basically playing horse with mm-hmm. Roddy. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and I think then it will be the Undisputed Era interfere. They get carried away fighting each other. Roddy wins. It's very is possible. My, is my prediction. But. Very possible. Um, but yeah, th- this was still a very fun match. Shame about the payoff, but hopefully it will lead to a really, really good match next it, week. I'm really excited for the match next week. Yeah. But I was excited for the match this week. I would also not... say... Yeah. I keep, I keep chasing the high. <laughs> exactly. Like... Exactly. It's like really excited for this one match that's in two weeks' time, and now it's next week, and now it's next week again. <laughs> so yeah. like, what happened to that one now? Get me. Yeah. Um, it's got the Alice in Wonderland door that just keeps getting further yeah, away. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to be nitpicky again, I know people are probably going to call me really negative here, but this is a nitpick. Uh, it does make Roddy look a bit stupid because this exact thing has happened before with the Undisputed Era mm-hmm. where they've caused a DQ and then Regal's gone, well, you're going to have to defend against both. I'm pretty sure like uh, O'Reilly and Fish have done that with the tag titles before. Yeah. Learn, man. Come yeah. on. That was obviously going to happen if you d- cause a double DQ. Try, try and injure them. Like, exactly, yeah. Like do he, someone else. I think he could he could have been more of like a he get I think he could have got the DQ, mm-hmm. double DQ there and the the era could have tried to beat them all down and then Lee and Dijak team up. Yeah. to start chucking the era around. And that that's when cool. Regal says 
well, because this match got called off I'm and this is happening, I'm going to now make you a triple threat. Like That would make a little bit more sense to me or at yeah. least give you a bit more of the sort of... Uh, it's not just such a quick finish to go, oh, next week. It's yeah. a bit more like there's at least something interesting to put a little sort of sweetener on the fact that the match didn't end exactly. with a with an actual result. And I think some of that gratification that you and I were looking for in this episode would come from seeing Lee and Dijak team up. That would have been a cool moment to be like, that actually happened this week. That's not, Granted, yeah. that's still building to next week, but that's a moment that happened now. To see yeah. them two team up and try and take on Undisputed Era. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Really would have liked that. Um, then we get another Isn't It Nice to See Them match. Isn't it Matt nice Riddle. To see Matt Riddle. Yep. Um, against Bronson Reed, mm-hmm. which was cool. Um, Beth Phoenix said, Bronson is NXT's resident big boy. You've just seen a Keith Lee match. Or was it Beth. Thick Boy? I don't know. Pretty sure she said big boy here. Mm. You've just seen a Keith Lee match. Yeah. Come on now. Um, Anyway, this match starts quick. Loads of strikes back and forth. It's like an exploder suplex and a PK from Riddle. Super cool. Uh, Bronson looked really cool in this match as well. Yeah. Uh, he hits slam and then he hits his own senton on top of it, which was great. Uh, there was a bro to sleep powerbomb and then a knee from Riddle for a near fall. Um, I can't believe, like, what I can't believe is, like, Riddle picked Bronson Reed up like he was nothing. Literally over, just like, like over whoop. and over again was just being like, hey, what? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. And it's like, he lifted him up and got him into, like, the fireman's carry to go for the bro to sleep. And, like, he just picked him up like he was, you know, like a regular superstar. And the crowd were like, oh, he's picking up a big guy. And he was like, well, no, I'm fine. What are you on about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, hit it. <laughs> That's his kind problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Reed goes for a, a leapfrog. Uh, Riddle catches him, hits a modified tombstone. I don't know what they called it. They called it something. Perfect 10, I think they called it. Gimmick infringement, mate. Mm. Um, Not but anymore. Th- that gets the uh, that gets the win. The modified to sit in tombstoney thing. Um, but again, this match is exactly what it needed to do. Yeah. Put over both guys. Bronson still looked cool. He got a moment where he got to pull the straps down and be like, and like beat his chest and stuff, and he looked cool. Uh, but Riddle went over, and it's exactly what it needed. Well, exactly, it, it was an important win for Riddle, who yep. we haven't, you know, who has been sort of tarnished slightly by the loss to Cole mm-hmm. on that. AEW, the show that went up against AEW so it's important to go like look how good he is yes and by by you know having his first match back against someone of the size of Bronson Reed who you know may only be a breakout tournament star so far but like to be able to just go like well this you see this really big thing <laughs> I tipped it upside down I did it how, what, <laughs> what do you think about that <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Again, want to see what next for Riddle, but I guess we can't always have everyone in the title picture all the time, so I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, but they, they've already done, like Riddle's already had feuds that aren't about titles, yeah. so I think they'll do something. And most good recently, he had a title match, yeah. so I'm fine. Um, we then got a video package for Bianca Belair. Uh, she's putting over the obviously Rhea Ripley needs to go through her first, and mm-hmm. uh uh uh, etc. And all her sassy stuff she does. Um, so that match is coming next week. Um, We then get the reveal, as I believe it was already announced, but Kushida has a hairline fracture in his wrist, and he'll be out for a month. Not good. Uh, Not great, but luckily, luckily it's only a month. Yes. Could have been much worse, um, and I'm sure that time will fly and he'll be back before long. I mean, granted, the cycle cycle they're going with with the superstars anyways, probably about a month before we see him anyway. Yeah, So I don't think we'll miss him too much, um, but he'll be back before long. Then we get... Isn't it nice to see Tegan Knox match? Tegan Knox versus Tainara. Yep. 
It's a fun match. The new Aaliyah. The new Aaliyah, except much better. She is actually much better. (laughs) Much better than Aaliyah. Vastly improved. Tegan Knox looks in great shape. Really excited to be back. Beaming smiles all around. Um, Tainara actually took control early in this match. She yeah. hit like a massive like pump kick to the uh, which sent Knox to the outside. She does some like judo throws and stuff like that. It was really cool. I thought the judo throws were wicked. Yeah, well. they were I really cool. Like they, she like ro- rolled into them somehow. It was yeah. super cool. She did a fun bit as well. She looked like she was going to go for the you know the, the mm-hmm. leg pull yeah, in yeah, the yeah. corner uh, where you whip them out, mm-hmm. and because Knox held on, she just kicked her really hard in the arms. Yeah, and and that, like, that's genuinely one of my favorite spots from Tainara. Is that yeah. she, she'll go to pull him out, they'll resist, and she's go, all right. She drops her legs and kicks the arm instead. I'm like, nah, screw you. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Uh, Knox comes back with a choke slam and a delayed sent on in the corner. It's a massive cross body off the top, and then a shining wizard for the win. Mm-hmm. Isn't it fun to see Tegan Knox? Yeah. It's cool. Really cool. Uh, Kathy Kelly then came out to ringside to interview her and said, what's it like to be back? How does it feel? Whatever she asked her. Some generic question. How does it feel to be back? Or How does it whatever. feel to be our Dakota what, Kai's here? What, what does this mean for... Oh, it's Nobody Dakota respects Kai. my interview space. I know, yeah. Kathy Kelly was not respected in this, uh, in this episode. Uh, but yeah, Dakota Kai immediately comes out, gives a big hug to Tegan Knox. Uh, oh, that's it. Ask what this moment means. That was the question. And Tegan was crying as well. Tegan was like. crying, saying, you know, it's great to be back and all that stuff. But before she can really get a proper answer out, out comes Shayna Baszler with uh, Maureen Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. Um, and she says, let me guess, you want to throw your name in the hat, which I think was a nice reference to like, ah, oh, all these bloody women exactly. are talking about coming for my title. Um, why don't you ask your friend Dakota Kai what it's like to be in the ring with me? Yes. Calling back to things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Continuity. Um, she has some amazing lines in this promo. It's a very short promo, but she had that one about Dakota Kai. Then she says, you're out of limbs to rehab, which I think was really, really good. Bam. And then Tegan Knox gets fired up and be like, oh, if you want to do that, give me a title shot. Come on. just She's like, she's off mic, but she's screaming at her. She's like, well, give me a title shot. We can do this right now. Come on, let's fight. And she goes, you haven't earned a title shot. Talk to me when you've done something worth talking about. Mm-hmm. And then walks off. And I'm like... Basil, you're so cool. Stop yeah. being so cool. And that's see, and this is where this is where Tegan Knox sneaks through the ranks mm-hmm. and ends up in the title picture. Yeah, so she can lose. To probably, probably because you never bet against Basil. Oh no, you don't. Um, I think there's gonna. I think there's going to be a team kick. Team kick versus horsewomen match. Yeah, yeah. That's that seems horse feasible. kick match. Yeah. Horse kick. Yeah. Um, team women. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's probably going to happen. But it was cool to see her back. She had a fun match, and it's cool to see her and Kai back together again. Um, we then get Damian Priest backstage getting ready for his match. We then get the um, video package for Finn Balor that we Finn spoke Balor, about. Uh, that we where spoke he quotes Bob Dylan or whatever he was doing. Yep. Um, excuse me. Then we get... Um, excuse me again. Boa versus uh, Boa. Killian Day. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, uh, I'm just going to yeah. step, step in there while you inflate again what? or whatever you're doing. <laughs> Um, this was a, a quick start from Boa, who was obviously fired up from getting beaten down from Killian Day last mm-hmm. week. Loads of strikes and kicks, and he actually forced Dane out of the ring from it. But then as he goes outside to chase after Dane, Dane just goes, nope, and just splashes on him. Does the divide, cool, yeah. yeah. Which was rad. And then it just turned into Killian Dane slowly dismantling Boa. Mm-hmm. And then hits, and three, that was hits fun. triple Vader bomb, and then puts him in an abdominal stretch and makes him tap. I yeah. liked Boa at the beginning of this, but mm-hmm. it was that it's that same thing of like... I always wonder in WWE why they do this with referees. Whenever a baby face gets fired up and starts hitting somebody, the referee's suddenly like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. What do you think you're doing? And so, supposed to get beaten down, so mate. So here he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! And Boa, was, Boa did this 
great bit where he's like, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ducks the referee and it yeah. goes back to like punching and kicking Dane. I like that. And yeah. the same thing is where where Dane gets out of the ring and the ref is like, don't go out there. Yeah. And Bowie gets out the other side and that's when the divide happens. But it's like, why yeah. are the referees always? I don't know. Like being knobs yeah. to the. Babyface. Crooked referees supporting yeah. the heels is what it is. Well, no um, hammers. No hammers. <laughs> Big hammer. Perfectly Big fine, hammer, mate. fine. Yeah, small hammer, bad. Um, Funhouse hammer. Great idea. Great idea, mate. Um, the submission finish, I thought looked a bit weird. I think the submission itself is fine. I don't know how I feel about Dane's application of it. Because when he locked it in, it kind of just pulled the arm back and then just kind of wrenched Boa's head. Mm. And I think it would have looked better if he put the hand back and then just kind of wrenched it back and held it and just kind of wrenched it back from there. But he kind of just shook his head. He just went... Yeah. And just shook it back and forth. Like he was training with a shake weight. <laughs> it was it was really weird. And I was like, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like it hurts that much. You're just kind of shaking him a bit. I feel like they could have done like... Oh, maybe this is just me being silly, but like... He's done a triple Vader bomb. He's mm-hmm. worked over the the ribs the whole time. Could you just stand on him? Yeah. Just put your foot on it and press. Yeah. And make him tap. Yeah, that would have been quite cool. Actually, I don't know where. Like, I don't know whether something like, unique. Anyways, be, yeah. yeah. At least it's like a because I, I imagine we won't be picking up this Killian Dane likes to work over your ribs <laughs> thing. Yeah. So you know that might be a fun finish. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's a nitpick. Isn't it lovely to see Killian Dane match? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, video package recapping Leah Rush's win last mm-hmm. week, which was fine. Um, and then we get to the main event, which is Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest in a blow-off to their feud, which has lasted a week. Yeah, Mini this, is, this, is, this is a revenge for... Revenge match. Yeah, it's a, a grudge match. Kind grudge of. match, right. yeah. Um, as Pete Dunne comes out, who comes out first... Uh, Killian Dane was just leaving from his match. Mm. Uh, and they start to get into a little shouting match. And Dane starts pointing at him and stuff. So Dunn just goes, all right, and just grabs his fingers and just does the snap spot on him, which yeah. was really fun. You just don't point at Pete Dunn. You just don't it's do just, it. If you're going to do it, you do it like it's a universal drinking game rules. and you just Yeah, so you point with your elbow. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. It's perfect. Um, and then he does the, the finger snap spot. Dane goes crazy and, goes, and starts shouting at him, but a load of refs like, push him away. And Dunn just goes... All right, partridge shrug, and then just walks to the ring. Uh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, nice little moment. Um, then we go to an ad break. We get the announcements of Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair next week, and Strong versus Lee versus Dijakovic for the North American title next week as well. And then uh, we get the match. So uh, the commentary, I think, did a really good job of putting over how Pete Dunne at the United Kingdom tournament lashed out and started attacking people to make a name for himself, and that's exactly what Priest is doing now mm-hmm. as a kind of mirroring of Pete Dunne's trajectory on his career versus the newcomer that's yeah, trying to... Yeah, you've inspired somebody. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a really nice moment to have in this match. Um, this was a very, very fun match. I really liked it. Really liked I this was match. Like, this, this match to me was like... Uh... Everything that people have been saying about Punishment Martinez mm-hmm. and everything we've not really seen since he's been in NXT because he's pretty much only had squash matches apart from the one against Keith Lee. Yeah. It was the only match to where there's actually like a bit of back and forth. This was finally the time where I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, like, I under- exactly. I understand. And like, this should have been what he was doing all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like this This suddenly, I was like, I, I, I get it. And it even wasn't a traditional Pete Dunn match either because it wasn't Pete working over a limb and just snapping fingers and lots of slow uh, rest holdy spots that are very cerebral and clever but this was just like wall to wall action yeah with all the things that like uh, I think make Pete Dunn matches 
truly brilliant. All the stuff he was doing with Tyler Bate, you mm-hmm. know. The, I, there were so many counters and double downs and just these amazing little stretches of just like, you do something, I do something, you do something, I yeah, do something. Like exactly. Um, we had, we had uh, uh, during the shrink screen ad break, actually, there was a massive falcon arrow from Priest, which yeah. looked really cool. Uh, it was an avalanche superplex from uh, Dunn. That's as they came back. Yeah, Dunn also hit the X-plex on uh, yep. Damien Priest after the falcon arrow. So it was, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. it was like a mirror spot where it's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm, we're both doing suplexes, but now go over there. But go over <laughs> there now. Um, we then get the backflip from Dunn off the top rope. Uh, we get some strikes and a drop kick to the knee. Then there's a massive release German that he does, and he stomps on both of Priest's hands as he's there on all fours. He just goes, yeah, and just stamps on both of his hands, which was nice. Um, we get a big moonsault from Dunn to the outside. Uh, there was a sit-out powerbomb from Dunn as well. And then he gets hard stomps to Priest's face where he grabs both his hands and then yep. just stomps on his face. Just before he did that, he did a really good little spot where he, he put Priest back in the ring, mm-hmm. and he was on the apron. And Priest's hand was over the rope. So he, he held it on the rope and kicked it. And yeah. he put it on the ring post and kicked it again. <laughs> kicked it. <laughs> I really liked that. I just thought that was great. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, but then as he as he's doing these hard stomps to Priest's face, he's gr- grabbing both his hands and just stomping on his face. And then Priest just starts kicking back yeah. <laughs> as he's lying on the floor. Just starts kicking down back in the face. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, the double down spot was, I think, my favourite bit, where it's yes, like uh, it was awesome. Priest goes for the reckoning. Dunn tries to get the bitter end. Priest does a big bell clap around the back of his head. Goes for the choke slam. Pete jumps up into an enziguri. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pops away from that. Priest comes back in with a spinning kick, and then he mm-hmm. runs up into the corner and goes to leap off. And as he comes off, Dunn just hits him with this massive forearm, and they both just crumble. And they both drop. It was so good. Yeah. And exact like it was, it was such a good match. Yeah. So so fun. There was lots of this is awesome chance NXT chance. There was a holy s word at one point. Yeah. Uh, as um uh Priest uh, did a, a tope to the outside, put one foot on the rope, and then did a flip to the outside onto mm. Dunn, which was a really cool spot. Like um, he thinks he's Grand Metalik. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the finish came about when uh, Priest goes for a power bomb, um, and then uh, Dunn grabs the fingers from the seated position on top of him. Uh, so as he, as he gets down behind him, and then he kind of almost guides him to the corner where the referee is. Um, the referee kind of gets caught up with them and can't get out. And as she kind of darts out from underneath them, Priest kicks him with the low blow while the ref's not looking, then hits the reckoning and then gets the win. Yeah. I think that's fine. I think that's great booking. I think, yeah, that's, I think, it's awesome. I think that's really smart. Like yeah. Priest is there to make a name for himself. Uh, he's, he's not the archer of... Famy is he? He's the archer of infamy. Famy is the yeah, but that's the, but that's the point. Is that infamy is infamy is different to famous, isn't it? It's yes. like you know, uh, he's making a name for himself one way or the other. Yeah, this was a good way to do it. Going over Pete Dunne is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Maintaining his winning streak is a really big deal. Yep. And that moment at the end where he goes for the low blow and everyone in the crowd went crazy for that. Yeah. And then when he got the when he gets the win, everyone hated him. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah. immediately turn someone that people were like, nah, I'm not that bothered about Damien Priest into like, now he's the most hated heel yeah. in the sort of mid-card section of exactly. NXT. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's genius. Yeah, it's really, really smart booking. Overall, I thought this was a good episode of NXT. Mm-hmm. There was nothing inherently wrong with it at all. Nothing was damaging. Nothing was particularly bad. It was just what we mentioned earlier. It was like that delayed gratification it was all delayed gratification yeah. and nothing really happened on this show. Um, 
I think the women's division keeps getting better each week, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, lots of it's nice to see this person match. Um, so I'd say like a high three out of five for me. It was a good, yeah, it was a very good keeping NXT ticking over episode. Yes. But it's it's quite obvious this week that they've decided that the idea is after having done a couple of weeks of like, let's go crazy with all the action and do these mini takeovers and all this stuff. This is it settling back down and they've decided that they are, this is, you know, more likely to be the weekly show. It's just a shame that they could have done like at least a full month of mm -hmm. crazy NXT in an attempt to, you know, really get it over mm -hmm. as a product. Yeah. And then you could have settled down a little bit after maybe, you know, maybe, maybe gone crazy all the way until War Games and then settled down. Mm, yeah, do you get, get like do this mad run up until your first big pay per view, and then just like bring things back down to a sort of simmer mm -hmm. and start building up again? Yeah. It just feels like this is maybe too soon to do an episode that doesn't really further enough stuff. Yeah, where every every like I feel like every single match was like, and you'll find out what they're doing later. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, but what I will say though is, even though nothing really significant happened on this show we still got some great matches. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that and that's still really fun. Like, if you want to see some good wrestling, you're going to get it every week. And yep. that, to me, is really great. You're, know, yeah. you're never going to have a week where you're just like, that was a bit pants, wasn't it? Do you know what? And sometimes that's the thing. Sometimes, like, doing less story and more wrestling is all you need for a wrestling show to be good. Yeah, so exactly. It swings and roundabouts, really. It depends on what you were after that specific day. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but now let's get on to your Susu Super Chats. We've got a whole two more to get through. We've got uh, one from Tomo, Tomo, who said, uh, I tried to rip my trousers off like Gaza the other day. I failed miserably. Don't ask why. What, why you... Okay, so we're not going to ask why you failed or why you tried to do it in the first place. I think both. Which are, one can't both we are ask? are important questions. Exactly. Because we need to know why you failed because it's really easy to do. We do it all the time in the office. So mm. We've all got poppers. Exactly, yeah. In the, tr in the trousers, not in the... We've got... Just move on. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got one from Matt Field who said, uh, who super chatted earlier saying, sorry, wasn't meant as a spoiler to have more money. <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> it's fine. You didn't know. It's fine. You super chatted before the stream even started, so it's fine. But as a general rule going forwards... If you're going to super chat in, try not to with spoilers of the other show. That goes for the AEW stream later on as well. Try to super chat in NXT spoilers too, just in case someone hasn't watched the show yet. So we've got some more emails. We've got one from Hector who says, uh, Hi guys, I'm running from the States. It's nice to be able to listen to you guys on the podcast for my job. I drive around and wait a lot, so it gives me time to catch up with everything you guys put out. Uh, since the It's Not A War Wednesday started, I've been discouraged by WWE. Thanks for watching it, so I don't have to. AEW is really bringing back hope that wrestling can be entertaining. Thanks for the content. Happy birthday, King Chopper Whopper. It's still not my birthday, but thanks. HBD. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great that we can cover all these shows and get them all out for people. So yeah, wrestling is quite, it's quite an exciting time mm. to be a wrestling fan right now. Um, we got another one here from uh, Nate who said, hey, Pete, you wanted emails, so here it is. 
Uh, after Raw this week, I am so confused as to why WWE can't let their top guys lose. They don't want Brock, Seth, Roman, etc. to lose or be beaten. Yet that lousy t-shirt company has maybe the best wrestler on the planet in Kenny Omega, not only having a crisis of confidence, a losing streak, but he's wrestling dark matches and putting over other talents in defeat. I just don't get it. It's okay, WWE. You can let your other stars lose, and it's okay to build new stars. The best dang tag team on the planet lost a put over private party for Pete's sake. Anyway, keep up the consistent consistency and swaffed on from Nate. This is this is the thing with WWE is they don't really like they don't I don't think they know what how to actually build stars or protect they don't. or actually protect stars because by having by befuddling everyone at Hell in a Cell say with the Rollins and uh, Fiend match, they turn Seth Rollins into a heel. Yeah. In the eyes of the public. And it's, so you didn't protect... By trying to protect him, you damaged him. By trying to protect him, you damaged the Fiend and slightly ruined that thing as well. And trying to protect the Fiend, you ruined the Fiend. Yeah, exactly. So this whole sort of... You, they keep booking themselves into these corners with things. It's like they like Brock squashing Kofi. Mm-hmm. So Cain Velasquez, who's not even a wrestler, really. You know, he's, He did a pretty good ma- couple of pretty good matches in AAA. Yeah. But, He's kind of unproven. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to be excited about that. But we're supposed to not be cross that Kofi got squashed in 10 seconds. Yeah. <clears throat> Kofi basically was on like a, a crazy, un, like, you know, streak of wins and mm-hmm. defences and all this stuff. I just think it's madness. I just yeah. I just think it, you, you can have... You could have had Brock lose that match and still had the excitement for Cain Velasquez. He does, like... They're just like, have the belt, have everything, we'll give it all behind... Like, I think they've yeah. been trained by the Hogan era, the mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels era, in which they were just like, well, top stars just want to win, don't they? Yeah. So they're just... They, they are so used to having the guys at the top be like, well, no, I need to win everything. Yeah. That they, they just... That's all they do now. That's that's the status quo. Whereas yeah. clearly people like the Bucks must be like, well, we need to build you and we need to do this. Mm-hmm. So here's some smart booking. We lose to you. We put you over. That makes everyone happy. Yep. Because do you know what? Like people who are at the top of the card, if they're in the t- if they're at the top of the card for the right reasons, which is they're the most popular, the best wrestlers, the most over, they'll still be over if they lose. Exactly. That's the, that's having the confidence in the people you've put at the top. However, if you keep putting Brock Lesnar at the top because he's Brock Lesnar, which I think most fans aren't happy about mm-hmm. because he's Brock Lesnar, yeah, the, then you do have to go out of your way to protect him because if he loses, people are like, yes, he lost. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think it's just the case of they try to protect everyone and they physically can't. So, no. they, they, so they try to protect Roman and Seth and Brock and they tried to protect Kofi when he was champ and they tried to protect all these these this whatever at the time is their upper echelon of talent and then they just go oh well we can't protect everyone so this person's got to get buried because we need to protect this other guy and yeah. it's like you can just build people it's fine to have Seth lose a match he could have lost to the fiend and still been a top guy yeah. people would still be into him because he's a top guy, because he's a good wrestler, and people like him. But now yeah. you ruined it. <laughs> you ruined it. You could have, put, you could have, you could have had Seth lose that title and gone immediately into a feud with AJ over the unit on over the United States title, and yeah. like, people would have gone like, "That's a good feud, right? Right? Like, I don't know. I just think it's very short-sighted to keep protecting people at the top. Like, 
I think Becky's been overprotected as well. I just think, I, say like, so, yes. I yeah. think like, you know, if you were going to put Becky in, a, if you're going to put Becky in big matches with Sasha Banks and all these people, it needs to feel like it could actually go one way or the other. But Becky's on such a streak that it doesn't feel like anyone's going to topple Becky until Ronda comes Ronda back. Comes probably, back. yeah. Yeah, and she gets so she's going to hold. She's going to hold it till WrestleMania, and then she'll drop oh, it at Mania, and that's fine. that is fine. But rain. build it up, like yeah, more like less Lacey Evans, more mid card women. Bring in people from outside. Whatever you have, bring, bring people up from NXT. Whatever you yeah. have to do, but you can't devalue all of your other women except Charlotte, obviously. Of course, Charlotte can just continually magically pick up the SmackDown belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever she likes, just to keep furthering that record. Um, but like, yeah, just you've got to. If you've only got, especially if you've only got four women, you are booking at the top. You've got to kind of make the wins and losses a bit more even. Yeah, around that area because currently it feels like they have two very dominant women, and then they've got two women who are in the same ballpark, watching, going, well, "I wish we could win." And then they've got <laughs> everyone else. Yeah, yeah. That is literally it. So they got their four top women, but in that top four, they've still got a top two. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, bonkers. So it's four horsewomen, but two really pretty ponies. Like, really, <laughs> yeah. like, really pretty. Yeah. It, it, it's insane yeah. to me. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, we'll do one final email. This is a WrestleTalk Get Better uh, coming in from Geo. Who says, hello, King Chopper Whopper, Wanda Ollie, the other one, Luke, El Faked or Laurie Blake, the friend Dave, just Dave, Blake Ham, and all the SWAF Nation. Here's hoping I'm not forgetting anyone. I forgot housemate Simon. Uh, I apologize in advance for the He's long a email. Stalker guy. It's yeah. Um, this isn't a super long email, so you don't need to apologize for it. Um, so get better. Uh, five years ago, my parents had an accident that put my parents in hospital for weeks, ultimately putting my mom in a wheelchair, apparently for life. Uh, at the time, I was finishing high school and working to get in my unit of choice as an engineer in mechatronics. Which sounds awesome. Uh, after that, I got in a working with transformers. Yeah. After that, I got in horrible shape due to my constant eating from anxiety. I also dropped my exams from uni and was on a hor- and was in a horrible place. Uh, fast forward to now, and I re- just recently finished my uni as a sports trainer or something like that. I don't quite know how to translate it from Spanish, probably like a personal trainer, I would think. Um, though my anxiety eating just got worse and was constantly struggling with myself, that's where all of you guys and WrestleTalk as a being got myself on track. Every time I was in a bad place, I heard a podcast episode and everything was easier. Thank you for that. So anyway, here I am looking for the SWAF Nation to support me as I begin this journey of self-improvement. I'm 22 years old and currently weigh 90 kilograms, which is, I don't know, it's stone, conversions, Um, and stand at 1.71 meters. That's like four centimeters taller than me. You're a short boy. Like it. Yay, there's more of us out there, Um, which is out of my ideal weight balance. I'm starting myself on a diet and will join a gym soon enough. Also, I've reached someone to help me handle my anxiety and started working in a stand-up routine as a way to get out all my demons. Once again, sorry for the long email. Thank you all so very much. I'll try to update you on my journey, hoping my job keeps steady so I can become a pledge hammer. Love you all. Goodbye from Giovanni Aguilar, leader of the Mexican SWAF nation. Mm. Mm. Thank you very much for your email, Gio. And yeah, best of luck on this self-improvement journey. It seems like you've got it. You've got uh, a good idea of how to, how to embark on this journey. Now it's just about taking those steps and getting it going. Yeah, man. I think if you, you'll find once you start to eat better, look after yourself, some of that anxiety stuff will ease as well. With yeah. that, obviously, with and it's very helpful to have to see someone as well about mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I think the process of improvement 
kind of reduces the anxiety because I think you'll just feel better. Exactly. In yeah. Body and spirit. You will get better, mm. as in wrestle talk. Get better. Wrestle talk. Get better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good, best of luck on that, Jim. Please, oh, that please. Davis, who ditched the gym this morning. He did he ditch the gym the this gym. morning because they changed. They the, changed the locks. They changed the passcode, still, so we he couldn't get the in. Gym, dirty quitter. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Should have just done a workout in the office. Yeah, I was already winning the uh, tally. So. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah thank you very much Gio and thank you all for listening to this podcast Uh, we'll be back later on today with the AEW well Ollie and Luke will be back later today for the AEW review we've got a Friday live show on uh, Friday obviously and then we've got the Smackdown review coming on Saturday so thank you very much for listening I love you all goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.